Welcome to the vault where you can find the code to unlock your success. In this space, I invite real, inspiring and successful experts. We have eye-opening conversations about the way to reach your highest potential in life and in business. We will cover the mastery of mindset, energy, emotions, transformation, sales, marketing, thriving in business without losing your authenticity and balance. Hi, I'm Sonia Martinovic and host of The Vault, an entrepreneur, mindset mastery and online business coach with an obsession on real transformation. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs and other influencers master the mindset and build a successful and impactful business. Do you want to break free from your limitations and express your truest self in business and in life? Is growth your game and success your aim? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to the vault. Let's start cracking your code. So welcome to another episode of The Vault. And this week we are going to level up with Donnie Bovin. Donnie Bovin is an entrepreneur and he serves as a CEO and founder of Success Champions and of Success Champion Networking. Donnie is considered one of the leading global minds on sales, business development, and business growth. He is described as the first person to make sales and business development relatable and human, which I love. Donnie is a community builder at heart. He builds champions. Today, he helps small business owners leverage sales and business development to grow and then scale um, their business through his global brand, Success Champions. Success Champion Networking is part of the Success Champion family of companies, which include Badass Business Summit, Champions Table Masterminds, Get Paid to Speak Mastermind, and Success Champions Magazine. In addition to running multiple businesses, Donnie runs a full-time working farm. His podcast, Growth Mode, ranks among the top podcasts globally. He's a four-time best-selling author and a highly sought-after public speaker. Welcome, Donnie. Well, thank you, dear. That was a great intro. I almost feel like I've actually accomplished something in life. Yeah, you definitely did. We're so excited to be here today. And we would love to hear a little bit more about your backstory. So what actually got you into this? Uh, Tell us a little bit more about yourself. For sure, for sure. So I was 40 years old before I even knew you could run your own business and be a business owner. So I grew up in a blue collar family and, you know, you went and you got a job, you worked for other people and, you know, you retired working for others. Mm. And uh, my last career, so I spent 25 years in straight commission sales. And my last career was with an organization called Sandler Training. And supposedly I became one of the top sales trainers in the US. And I decided at some point that I was going to jump out of my own and launch my own company and take on this whole idea of being an entrepreneur, a business owner. And the day that I Launched my company, I had non compete papers show up on my farm, and mm-hmm. I couldn't talk about the only thing I knew, which was sales, business development, and the like. So mm. I launched my company as a success coach. And Sonia, to this day, I have no damn clue what the hell a success coach is. <laughs> obviously, yeah, I tell everybody, obviously, I was just a business whore. Um, because I just said yes to whatever business I could find. So I was doing so many things all over the map. Well, six months into doing that, I stood on the back porch of my farm, looked at my wife and said, babe, we're about to lose everything that we own. 
because mm. I have no idea how to be a business owner. I have no idea how to be a CEO. Mm. She told me to get off my ass and go sell something. And what I realized is as I was building this thing and even my entire journey, I never saw the CEOs of the companies I work for. Mm. So I was doing all the things that I thought CEOs did behind the scenes, yeah. not doing the one thing that I was actually good at. So started figuring out sales, found podcasting, and then my non-compete got up in September of 2018. And now that I could talk about sales with the, all the wonderful things that happened because of podcasting, man, that's how we got here. I mean, it's been a hellacious journey. And I just figured out that people enjoy hearing my screw-ups so they can shortcut their path to success. So Absolutely. I just share it all. Yeah, because, you know, people can relate to to, to struggles they are going through. So actually so Absolutely. important to share that story and to tell that story. <laughs> people love struggles, then then they feel they have a solution, right? So Absolutely. this is what the vault is all about, unlocking the success. So tell me a little bit more about sales and what you find that are sales myths or myths that pe hold people back from actually well, selling their business uh, services and products. For sure. So, so the biggest one that I, I love getting people in is I don't believe in closing. I don't believe you should ever try and close a sale because I think closing a sale makes you an asshole. What I mean by that is most people have never been taught sales. So their only selling experience is the crappy sales that has happened to them. Yeah. So that's what they get in their head of that's what sales is supposed to be. Yes. But sales is nothing more than a conversation with an outcome. If people would get to closure versus closing, they would be a lot more successful in sales. And the difference being is closing is you're convincing somebody, you're overcoming objections, you're beating mm. the shit out of them until they give up the sale. Yeah. Where closure is you're getting to a yes and no or a significant next step and you're okay with any of those outcomes. Yes, exactly. Finding right? the match. Absolutely. You go in and I tell everybody, you should go into that conversation, trying to disqualify that person, trying yeah. to say, is this the person I want to work with? Is this the person I want to do business with? And if they go into it with that mindset, instead of trying to convince an individual, they're trying to get the individual to qualify themselves to be in a position to do business with you. And it just changes the dynamic of the conversation. It is, it is. And if someone steps in being completely convinced, they're going to go through the whole experience just like doubting if they made the right choice, yeah. not giving it their all, right? So that's 100% on point. And, <laughs> and I, I actually don't like, I dislike like people who like really screw up sales to say so for people who uh, see sales as a service and, and as an exchange, right of energy and finances and an investment to go faster further For right sure. so yeah. tell me a little bit about um how how to disqualify could you give us more in insight how to disqualify a person yeah absolutely so to disqualify you first need to know specifically what it takes for somebody to be qualified you know and there's some key things that you got to know about an individual do they have the ability to say yes do they have a budget that could afford you do they have a timeline of when and could they timeline of when they want to get started and would they be willing to invest that time you know and and for me a huge qualifier is would i go get a beer with them and you know because when you're stepping on, into a relationship right 
Absolutely. And, yeah. and you're going to spend a crap ton of time with an individual. And if you're not willing to go have a beer with them, then uh, you <laughs> that's a big some, red flag <laughs> for sure. And, and at some point it's going to pop up. So yeah. once you know all these things, then it's the ability to go ask some brilliant questions that allow you to dive into all of these things to uncover it. So I tell everybody, if you're going to do a sales call, always let them go first. Yeah. And you can start off with a great story, uh, a great question of, uh, you know, tell me your story or how did you get into this role? And a lot of it is then sitting back, knowing all of your disqualifiers and you're almost checking off a box as they go and start telling a story. Mm. So like if I were sitting across from a bunch of coaches, you know, I'm looking for things like, okay, how long have they been in business? And if a coach has been in a business for less than two years, probably never going to be a fit for anything that we do because they haven't got their teeth kicked in enough. Yeah. to know what their business actually is. You know, you start listening to things like, you know, we're taking a lot of family trips and maybe that proves that they have money, but you're asking and listening for all these things that will allow you to make some assumptions on, do they have the budget? Could they make a decision? You know, would they invest the time? And mm. then you just go explore those things and the entire time you're trying to justify why this person would be a good fit for you to actually work with. That's like really turning the coin, right? Because a lot of people are scarcity selling, right? They feel like, okay, this, I need to do this or else I won't have the income or the, you know, consistency. So they're scarcity selling and people are picking up on it, right? So absolutely, yeah, <laughs> we're energetic beings. So that, that's something we pick up, pick up on. Do you have any advice for people who feel like scarcity selling? Uh, what would you say? What would you say if someone really needs the, the, the income in order for them to maintain their business or grow their business? I would tell you the answer is 100. And the, the 100 means you go meet with 100 people who could say yes to you within the next 90 days. Mm. And if you can go get a conversation and meet with people. See, the problem people have is their pipeline is so empty. And mm-hmm. filled full of so much crap that every conversation is an act, act of desperation. But if they set out and they did all 100 conversations with people that could say yes, most of them would double their business because they have not worked to that level of intensity so far. And the ability to go get those conversations is magical. And truthfully, nobody has a sales problem. Mm-hmm. They have a business development problem. They, they suck at actually getting into the sales conversation because most people, given the opportunity to actually get on a sales call, they do really, really well. Mm. It's, it's, it's yeah. getting to that conversation. So if people would focus more time on filling their calendars with people that can say yes, then this one conversation doesn't matter. And it takes the pressure off of because you got 20, 30, 100 conversations behind it. Mm. And that's what eliminates it. And for the people that that even makes it tough, the answer is 100 asks. And that means the next 100 people you meet with, you ask them to do business with you. Yes. <laughs> right? Because the, the, everything stems from they're so worried about being a greaseball and being that, that salesperson that nobody likes that they try so hard not to do it that they become that person. Yes. 
They right? become so, what, whatever you resist persists, right? So yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So so if they won't go get to into a one hundred conversation with people say yes, then I challenge them to go make one hundred asks because in asking one hundred people to do business with you, mm. you're going to figure out your sales business development actions. You're going to say figure out your sales call. You're going to figure out your sales process, and you're going to learn how to do this thing called sales. And yeah. Look, bottom line: if you can't sell, you can't build a business. Yeah, exactly. It's the number one. It's like the bloodline of your business, right? So <laughs> absolutely, most important thing. So what would you say that uh, this great needle mover is when it comes to selling like properly and really making this big moves? What, 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 what would the first two steps need to be for growth? So I would tell everybody for growth specifically, I would tell everybody to if, if you've been in business for a little while and you have clientele, I would look at your average sales, so the average size of a client, and then start looking at what's a client twice the size of that one and start going after bigger fish. Because most people, once they start seeing success, they stay selling in a safe place. Mm, um, and, yeah. and they what they end up doing is creating a really shitty job for themselves versus building a company. So the first thing I would tell is go after somebody twice as big, bigger than you think you can handle. Um, I learned this the hard way is so at once upon a time, I had a tons of clientele all in the same realm. And I decided to offer one more, more tier higher and a bigger service offer. And to do that bigger service officer, we had to go after a lot bigger clients. So yeah. we did and we sold it. And it was interesting is the first time I brought all the companies together to work on helping them scale and grow their business, got done with the session. And I finished every session with, hey, how'd it go? Lesson learned, takeaway. And one of the takeaways was, was that it? Was this everything you're going to teach? And what really? I realized <laughs> is like, in that moment, because I was going after such rock stars, such mm -hmm. high achievers, that I had to up my game to be able to match them at their level. And it was it was pretty freaking fascinating. So what we started to do now is we categorize all of our clientele based on size of the client. Yeah. And we put them in different groupings. and. Yeah. We're proactively looking at, okay, are we going after enough big clientele to still keep playing with our middle tiers and making sure they're getting value and everything are, but are we doing enough big things to shock the system to teach us how to perform at a higher level? Yes. Um, it's been a great growth experiment. Yeah. That, that's because I had one question in mind is what, what is, what is the biggest mistake you made? <laughs> but I guess you just. Uh, no, no, actually I can answer that one better. I got, I got, I got... <laughs> Another one. So the biggest mistake that I had to figure out was I had to think and act like a CEO. Yeah. And what I did, you know, I spent 20 years working for other people. So I was really good at making a crappy job and not a company. Yes. So I had to start doing things to turn the corner. And one of the biggest things that I found, which was great awareness for me, was CEOs thinking who, not how. Mm. The CEO never goes, how do I do this? They Ooh, go, who yeah. can do this for me? And once I could get to that place and made us tremendously scalable because my job as CEO is to set a massive vision, is to be the face of the company and to constantly get myself out there. And if I'm doing anything else, then my business will not grow. Therefore, it will not scale. Mm. So I have to get the things off my plate that allow me to go do that, that stuff. So you got to start thinking in who, who can do this for me? 
and you can think about this in every arena but sales mm, because yeah so you need to have the sales process like completely mastered before you give it to anybody else that's it right? that's it that's yeah, it yeah i agree i agree and it's you know it's your brand it's your face so it's i completely agree but you started with building a team right a team of experts or a team of support or which which way did you go just for us so support support and and the way that i came about it is I did a really stupid exercise, but it worked really well for me. So I wrote down every task. And this is back when I was still a solopreneur trying to figure things out. But I wrote down every task uh, that I was doing in the company and down to taking out the trash. And I drew a line straight down the center, center of that sheet. Tasks were on the left, open column on the right. Above that open column on the right, I wrote this phrase. Would Steve Jobs do this task? Ah. I love that. <laughs> and I went through every task and you realize how much stupid shit you're actually doing in your yeah. business. And then I took each one of those and I started putting them in categories. Okay. Is this an operational thing? Is this a finance thing? Is this a marketing thing? You know, and putting these in different categories. And then I went, okay, what type of person do I need to hire for this role? So we hired operations first because we had to get infrastructure and things put in place. I don't need to be building things. I need to go sell. So yeah. um, Kevin Snow was our first find. He's now our COO of all six companies and you know helps build everything. Um, and then we continue to add administrative you know, underneath that. And we're getting really close to finally start bringing in the sales teams and the sales crews and all that to really ramp it up. But you know, you first got to figure out, okay, what can you get off your plate? How do you get it off? What are they categorized? And then go hire for that. But 99% of people's first hire is going to be an administrative role. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A VA or someone that can back up and do some stuff for you. <laughs> yes. That you, yes. That you leak energy in, right? And, and absolutely. Now you have this success champions. Tell us a little bit about success champions and all these different levels and tiers just for us to get an insight. Yeah, for sure. So before I started the companies, I was with Sandler Training and I was doing you know a lot of sales. And a lot of those sales came through different levels of networking. And I tried all your traditional networking models. You know, I tried your BNIs, I tried your chambers and you know, your rotaries and all these other organizations. And none of them worked for me because people weren't playing at the level that I needed them to be play at to be able to open doors for me. So even prior to launching Success Champions, I launched several of my own networking groups, higher tiers, bigger deals. But when I launched the company, I decided I was going to leave that world behind me. I didn't want to do networking. It wasn't going to be a thing that I, I want to do. Um, and main reason is, is people that talk and teach about networking are usually just broke people that can't sell, mm. you know, and I didn't want to be associated with that. So in March of 20, actually, I'd rented out a convention center here in Fort Worth, Texas, and I had speakers flying in from all over the world. And we were doing the first badass business summit. About three weeks before the summit, I'm sitting in the CEO of the convention center's office when the phone rings and it's the city of Hearst, the Hearst city we're in, saying, if anybody shows up for your event, we will arrest everybody on site. COVID. Mm. Right. So I realized instantly that this multi-million dollar corporation was legitimately out of business. So on that drive home, I called the team up and said, hey, we've got to come up with a solution to help these small business owners. We were going to be fine. We were an online business already. No need to transition. So, But all these other small businesses around the world were 
they, you know, they had 30 days to figure out how to transition to an online business and stay in business. So like you do when you run a business, 3.30 in the morning, I pop out of bed and scared the hell out of my wife. And she's like, what's the matter? I said, sorry, babe, I got a business idea. She's like, write that crap down and roll over, would you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I fired off a message to the team and said, hey, we're going to launch networking groups, but I wasn't excited about it. I knew it was a good answer. I knew it was going to help a lot of people. Yeah. But talking to my wife over coffee that morning, I said, babe, I don't want to be associated with all those people that can't sell that teach networking. I don't want to. And she looked at me and she goes, you realize you're an idiot, right? I said, why am I an idiot? She goes, why don't you become the guy that changes how the world networks? Why don't you become the guy that fixes what everybody hates about networking? Yeah. And seven days later, we launched our first chapter. So we've legitimately changed how the world networks. We now got over 50 chapters in the U.S. We've opened in Canada. We're getting ready to open up in uh, Belfast, Ireland, potentially Spain. So we're going globally at this point and being told that we're the fastest growing networking group on the planet. That's amazing. So what makes you, what, what is the mission or the vision? What is, what is behind it? What, so, why are you different? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple of things that people really like is number one, no multi-level marketing or network marketing a part of anything we do. Mm. Um, second is all of our meetings are virtual. So uh, main reason, I have a farm. I don't want to drive into town because then I lose half a day. Um, yeah. So you can do the groups from anywhere you want in the world. We're, we run four different styles of meetings. So there's a mastermind, there's round tables, there's virtual coffees, there's actually teaching moments and stuff. We run a huge education and training center. So internally, we joke that we're a training company that happens to have a networking problem. Yeah. So <laughs> I bring Fortune 500 level sales training to small business owners around the world. And so a lot of organizations that I was a part of growing up said, you know, if you network here, then this is the only place you can network. You can't go network anywhere else, man. We want people to go network everywhere. Be plugged in your community, sit on your board, you know, be heavily involved with everybody. And then, you know, we provide opportunities where you can go network with the entire SEN family. So you're not just, you know, networking with your local chapter, you're networking with people all over the world. We brought in, you know, uh, just a ton of assets. And then every year we do the Badass Business Summit, which brings everybody together for a huge event here in Fort Worth, Texas. So we completely kicked it up and not created a monster community of, and we call them the champions and, you know, they, they fully embrace it because a champion understands that opening doors for others, the fastest way to grow your own business, mm. you know, is helping people get where they want. You know, if you look at it Zig Ziglar style. Oh, that's amazing. So how would you define a champion when, uh, when you look at it through your eyes? So a circle of influence is the person that everybody in town knows. Mm. I don't want that person. Mm. The champion, which we also call the GSD, is the person in town that everybody knows them, mm -hmm. right? The circle of influence, they know everybody. The GSD, everybody knows who they are, you know? And so we're always looking for the person that is never sitting on the sidelines. They're always in a leadership type role and they're willing to... to take on and go big. And, and we, we just continue to put those people together and watch some amazing badassery happen. We're not in an organization where we're looking for heartbeats. You know, we're very selective about who we partner up with to bring into the family because 
we're going to invest a shit ton of time into an individual and, and, you know, we want to make sure they're going to run as hard and fast as, as we are. And we're so focused on helping somebody actually grow and scale their business that I don't have time for people that are solely betting on one activity to be the thing that builds their business. We tell everybody, you know, SCN success champion networking should be a part of your over overall business development strategy, not the whole of it. So tell me a champion story, something that really stuck. I mean, you must have tons, but just one that is truly transformational. Probably two. Um, one was Sabrina. So she spent, I don't know, 20 years in a HR role for a major company. And she was just starting to do HR services on the side as kind of a side hustle when she found SEN. And she was thinking about and contemplating starting her own business and really going all in after this whole thing. And as she got more and more into SEN and the learnings, because she was already running a fairly successful business, from the success of all the people that she networked with and grew, she now works for herself full-time, runs her full business, doesn't work for anybody else, and continues to just scale and grow rapidly because the SEN family has filled her business with meetings and clientele through all the introductions and the likes. And I mean, we just got a, a ton of stories of when you can bring real people together that just understand opening doors for others and you get a whole group of people that want to open doors for others. Yes. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, people go to our meetings as guests and are still blown away by how many introductions and things they get just for being a first time guest. And that's part of the reason we grow so rapidly is, you know, we're going to open doors and we're going to open doors fast. And it's, it's, it's fun to watch. Um, you can watch, you know, Aaron Lubian who runs Kick-Ass Women. She completely built a foundation of her entire business on the back of SEN because of everything she was doing to run a Boston chapter. Um, just got her so much more awareness, so much more involved. The SEN family picked up and helped her out. And now she's running a massive group of women, you know, out of the Boston area. And, and it's a lot of things like that, that just allows people to step up. I mean, you can go down to the Badass Business Summit. We all Always give people their first time experiences on stage and we always will, you know, so we give a lot of people opportunity to craft their speech. Yeah, it, you know, early on when I was trying to get on stages and stuff, it was so hard to get on the big stages. So it was so hard to put your name out there. So I said, man, as soon as we launch Badass Business Summit, we will give the rookies their shot. We know yeah, we're not going to put them I on the big that. stage, but we're going to give them a shot because everybody needs to craft their message and be able to tell their story in some way, some form, somehow. Yes, amazing, amazing. Seems like there is a lot of impact created. So, so excited. So, completely other question. When it comes to entrepreneurship or building or growing your business, what is your not to do top two? Uh, not to do. Number one is if you're the only one that can do it, it's a job and not a business. Mm. So, so do not create a crappy job for yourself. Number two, don't try and be all things to everywhere. Um, there's a lot of gurus out there that are like, buy this course, be all over social media, do all these things. Get narrowly focused. Do not take on more than two social media platforms um, and get laser focused on them. Um, 
and don't try and be all things to everybody. It's it it never works. It doesn't work. You're just in this blue big ocean and yep. <laughs> ready to drown, surrounded yep, by sure. sharks. <laughs> for sure. Wait, you know, I I recently ran into a gal by the name of Michelle Raymond, and I'm fascinated by how well she niched herself. And what she did was she became the LinkedIn company page person. LinkedIn so company page person. Okay. So that's all she does is LinkedIn company pages. And the way I found her is I have another friend named Rachel Simon, who's a LinkedIn coach. And I was telling Rachel, I said, I really need somebody who specializes in LinkedIn company pages. because we really want to focus and grow that? She goes, I got your gal. So she introduced me to Michelle and in talking to Michelle, truth be told, yes, Michelle specializes in LinkedIn company pages. But to get your page right, everything else on LinkedIn is going to be right. So she's doing all the other shit, all the other coaches and everything in the marketplace are doing, but she's so niche with company pages that she's able to grow. I mean, her business is massive because she's so finite on what her particular niche is. Yeah, I think it's not only the choice of the niche, but it allows you to focus and to master that specific skill, craft, or whatever it yep. is you're doing which actually makes you stand out because people just need, need a solution like that, right? So- Absolutely. And, and what people don't understand about niche is it's not about your marketing message, although that helps, but getting that niche refined makes you referable. Yeah, right? exactly. So because now people know exactly who to introduce you to. It's like Rachel introduced me and Michelle. You know, it's when you get that specific, it makes the rest of the world go, ah, I know exactly who you need to meet. Yeah. So if someone sees you and has a blink on your profile, they should be knowing what you're doing, right? After yeah, absolutely. Second, seconds, right? So yeah. Absolutely. Any, um, another question. So what is the not to be top three? Not to be top three. Don't be the guru. Um, be humble as shit because most people um, want to never show their weak side, right? They always want to be right. They always want to be like the, the, the person who has all the answers. Don't be that person. Be a human. Don't be an ass. Mm, good one. Right? That's yeah, a really yeah. good one. <laughs> as this grows, you're going to get busier. You're going to have a lot of things, you know, be approachable. Remember yeah. where you came from and have great conversations. And the last one is, is God, those two are great. Got three, uh, I think. Did I? All right. We'll go with those three. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say that the two be, because I don't, believe much in to do i believe in to be top three so what should you be um first be authentic but let me define authentic because everybody fucks this up Mm. Um, when most people think of authentic they think they got to share what they had for breakfast or their deepest darkest (laughs) secrets right (laughs) right you do not have to share what you had for breakfast you don't need to share your deepest darkest secrets you need to share the stories that will resonate with your perfect clientele So, and storytelling has probably been the most beautiful thing. If you're on LinkedIn right now and you're not telling stories, like legit, just teaching through stories, you're missing one hell of an opportunity right now. So every day I will put out a post like yesterday or this morning's post was about my wife and I went for a walk in a national woods and we took this one trail we'd never been around and the sign just said loop. And at one point we found ourselves lost completely in the middle of the woods. And the only way we knew to go was to follow the trail. And we took that, the, that idea of by following the trail, we found the most gorgeous forest we've ever seen in our lives and pretty greens. And it was just the idea of keep moving forward 
even if you're not sure where you're going to end up. Mm. And that posted really, really well this morning. But so, so 100% be authentic, but be authentic in sharing the stories that other people can resonate with. Exactly. Like at the age of 45, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Mm. And, you know, I put that out there because I, what I was told by the doctors is a lot of people who are entrepreneurs discover they are ADD or ADHD. Yeah, because... yeah, I actually found a lot of that. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> and and so I said, okay, am I going to share this with the world? And then I'm like, yeah, this resonates right with my audience. So I put a post out there that says, you know, doesn't excuse how I was as a kid, but it mm-hmm. is a great you know explanation of why I did a lot of things I did and how I finally got to the place of being an entrepreneur. The other thing to be is, is mentor others, freaking give it back, teach the ones that are coming up. Yep. And, and always turn around and tell others, you know, what you've accomplished and done, let them learn through your stories. I love that. I love that. And tell people where they can find out if they want to connect with you, where they can find out more about you. For sure. So the first uh, place is if they text uh, the word success to 817-318-6030, do plus one if it's international. We'll send them a whole bunch of all of our social media links and we'll send them some free books and some free content and stuff. But just text the word success to 817-318-6030 and we'll send all that over to you. But something you can do right now that would be more valuable to Sonia and her show is if you got any tips or tricks, any value out of this conversation at all, Share this with one person. Just share this message out with one person. It'll mean everything to her because being a fellow podcaster, I can tell you reaching more with cool messages and stories is a lot of work. So do her the favor and just share this with one person for it. It'll mean everything. It's like he walked up and gave her a virtual hug. Ah, oh, Donnie, thank you so much. And and it really means a lot, guys. You know, it's 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 a, it's a little effort. If you like the episode, to leave a review or a star, but it helps actually reaching a bit of bigger audience and creating sure. more impact. So love that you shared that, Donnie, because it's truly about the impact. So last question: What is the one question that nobody ever asks you, but you would love to answer? Probably, what's the end big goal for all of this? So secretly, my and we haven't told a whole lot, my wife and I really want a massive animal rescue. And it's one of the things we're working towards. Um, so the more lives we can impact, the more animals and things we can save. So um, we've got visions of a senior dog retirement park. So where people can take their dogs that have just gone to the senile stage that, and most people drop them off at kennels and everything. We'll take them on. We want a full wildlife refuge as well. And so, you know, a lot of me going as big as I'm doing is to impact and change as many lives as we can so we can go impact and change as many animal lives as we possibly can. So that's where it's all aimed. That really, really touched me like deeply, gave me goosebumps. I love that. Thank you so much, Donnie. And we will be back next week where we will level up again. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Vault. Respect for showing up and creating your next stage of life and business. If you like this episode, I invite you to dive deeper and stay. The S stands for subscribe and share. Make a screenshot right now and pay it forward and send this to five friends who can benefit from this value. The T stands for try and transform. Try the technique, at least until the next episode. The A stands for action. 
action creates success. Don't stay a student when you have a code. You should try to open the vault. And finally, the why stands for you. This is about the most valuable asset of the vault and life in general. The one and only authentic you. So if this was your code, please comment and help the vault grow. Hashtag unlocked, hashtag next level, hashtag dive deeper. And see you next week to level up again.